Hey guys, just a trigger warning. We do talk about dealing with sexual assault and childhood trauma during the interview um, today. So I wanted to just let you know that up front. We don't get into a lot of detail, but if that's something that's really hard for you to listen to and think about, I might suggest skipping over this one. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Girl Get It Together podcast, a self-help podcast for cynics. Here are your hosts, coaches Jess K and Sadie B. Hello. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? I am I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Life is full of challenges and I am <laughs> full steam ahead. How are you doing? You know what? I am about the same. It has been yeah. a challenging last few weeks. But it's mm-hmm. been good, you know. Yeah, it's all good stuff. But I, you know, good stuff in large quantities can still be overwhelming. That's can be true. stressful, you know. Yeah, there are many seasons to life, and this just happens to be a really overwhelming one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pack for this. I'm not. No, <laughs> I don't have this wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the emotional wardrobe to support this emotional shit storm that I'm in right now. I like that, that whole idea. What would you put in your emotional wardrobe for this week if you were able to? Mm, I would put a muffler, like a big gigantic muffler that would cover my entire (laughs) head that I could just crawl into when need be. (laughs) Some really comfortable slippers Mm -hmm. with like massage beads on the bottom oh, you know that would be amazing yeah mm. sounds good I'm very similar I think I'd give myself a big Stretch fluffy down. parka yes nice nice so it's pretty much all I've been wearing all weekend actually is uh big stretchy yoga pants and big fluffy sweaters so perfect and it's 105 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> you're dressing for your internal atmosphere That's not right. the external atmosphere <laughs> It counts. It all counts. Dress for the life you want, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Dress for the life you're trying to live through. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm excited that we are here today. We um, are recording one of our last, if not our last, mini-sode. Maybe not our last. Um, But we have a fun interview today with an author. Um, Her name is Darcy Kessner-Hawkins, and she has a book coming out, or it came out yesterday, I guess, by the time this posts, um, about overcoming imposter syndrome and finding your authentic self. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, Um, me too. This is going to be interesting because this is definitely something you and I have discussed at length, both on and off the show. Yeah. And a topic I know we both have struggled with. Absolutely. Got to get some experts up in here kind of struggling with um, yeah sound like I've over that hurdle because I'm not but (laughs) working through it that's true so I hope you enjoy this interview and um yeah we'll be back um full force in a couple of weeks yeah we've got some good stuff coming up for y'all we're excited for show for show All right, so we have here today, I'm really excited to introduce Darcy Kessner-Hawkins. She is an author and a speaker who helps others find their authentic self and guides them to live with intention and purpose 
so that they can then inspire others by walking and talking in their own truth. Uh, her book, Who Is That in the Mirror? Overcome the Imposter Inside, Discover Who You Truly Are, and Implement Habits to Maintain Your Authentic Self came out yesterday on August 25th, 2019. Uh, so Darcy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk about this because this is a lot of what Jess and I discuss on the show. And I think so many people, women in particular, are going to, this is going to make so much sense to them and mm -hmm. really speak to them. I really hope so. That awesome. is truly my intent. Fantastic. So I want to jump right into it. Um, you know, Obviously, this is something that's really pervasive in our lives, but what was the catalyst for you to write this book about finding your authentic self? Ironically, the, when I, first, I joined an author group to actually um, be able to produce the book and actually get it published and everything that goes along with it. I started off with a novel. And as I was working through the novel, um, things weren't coming together. And I've been wanting to write a book for a large number of years, 25 years or so. And I always got stuck when the heroine or the main character, and always female, hmm. couldn't actualize her purpose. And so through conversation with one of the author coaches, I realized that a lot of it sat with me because I was not realizing my true purpose either. And so I went from fiction to nonfiction and started sharing my story. Nice. You kind of blurred that line. Yes. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, it really just puts a spotlight on the things that you need to work on for yourself, right? It sure does. Yeah. Um, so that kind of makes sense. You know, I know that the, the book itself, it kind of, it's part memoir, it's part biography, it's some self-help. You know, what was, can you talk us through the process of writing it and what that was like, how you married all of those different genres? It was the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, looking at it from an analytical perspective, it was easy. It was tell the story, um, put it together as to how I found steps to find my true purpose, and then wanting to help other people. And it just all blended in together and made sense in my head. And when I initially started the process, I thought I could produce the book within six months. Hmm. However, when I started going back to childhood, that's when I got stuck and I was immobilized by all the trauma that had happened to me because I hadn't processed it yet. I buried it so deep that I never brought it up until I started getting ready to write the book and share it. And it was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is pretty rough. So yeah. um, the actual, the emotional, the emotions put into it behind the story that was really, really hard. But again, the piecing it together, it was like a puzzle. It was coming together. But yeah, the process was really hard. Interesting. So I'm assuming you did a lot of kind of like therapy and working through all of that stuff. Um, what would you say was one of the biggest things that helped you during that time kind of piecing all of it together so that you could finish your book? Having my tribe around me, and that's part of the book, is establishing and maintaining a tribe of like-minded people who are going to truly support you, mm -hmm. and reaching out to those people um, for that support. One of the people in my tribe who is near and dear to my heart is my sister, mm. and the, the huge piece was the sexual assault when I was 10, and I never shared that with anybody, ever. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm 59. And so when I reached out to her to talk, tell her about it, because she needed to know that I was going to say this, and then I was going to tell my children, I sat down with her and told her, and she looked at me and whispered, I thought I was the only one. Wow. Wow. So she didn't know. And so, you know, we process, of course, that just kind of stopped the book altogether for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the question is knowing that you have a tribe around you that's going to support you in, you know, the different facets of your life, mm-hmm. your spiritual life, your family, your close friends, having those people around you to help you was huge. Absolutely. Wow. So speaking of your sister, um, you know, since this is sort of autobiographical, I'm curious if there was any kind of fallout that you had to navigate after um, sharing and shedding light on some of these things that happened to you mm-hmm. with, with family her? or friends or in the past or, you no, know. Well, and I think the timing of the book, I don't know if it's may not be as courageous as it sounds that I wrote the book is that a lot of these people who the person who did that to us is dead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, whether there's fallout once the book is published, and I realize not everybody's going to be comfortable with the material, and I'm, you know, I'm ready for that. But it's, right. my intent is if I can help one person find their purpose and their identity, then the book is a success. My intent is a success. So um, there's no initial fallout now. There was right. shock. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, no fallout. Yeah. And how powerful that it started those conversations for you mm-hmm. and your sister, you know, sort of heal that trauma together. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's still, I go on my path as far as healing is concerned mm-hmm. and we're very, we, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone has their own path to healing, I suppose, you know, and yes, and, you know, even among friends that I have that have experienced trauma, um, everyone deals with it differently. You know, some people want to talk about it a lot. Some people don't want to talk about it. Um, and kind of along those same lines, the identity of a victim or taking that sort of identity on, um, did you find that there were pieces of that identity that became, you know, part of your true self or did you shed that piece of yourself? No, you can't shut it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that happen that in your life that forever affect you and you either grow from it or mm-hmm. you retreat. And I retreated for decades. Yeah. So I'm the first one to say that I, you know, I retreated from it. I didn't know how to deal with it. And being a baby boomer, that's just not something that you did back mm-hmm. then. So um, I liken it to having layers of an onion, and I know this is a common analogy, is that in the center of that, um, it was, is my inner child who experienced that trauma, and then life just layered over the top of it. Mm. You know, you, you continue on. I never told my parents. I never told anybody for, because of fear, because um, of how my parents would look at me. They wouldn't believe me, that type of thing, and so you, I just buried it, and then just life just layered on top of it, and and you continue on through that. So when you get to the point of working through it, you're starting to peel off layers mm-hmm. of that. And you're going through, okay, so now I'm at this layer. And then all these other different things start popping up that you have to deal with. And so 
I don't think that we ever lose it. We just change our perspective on how we view it and how we move forward. Right. Am I going to be a victim? Am I going to hide who I am? Or am I going to move forward and try to help people if it resonates with the people that I'm trying to reach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just, I had a therapy session, um, which was pretty profound in that I never talked about it, that when I was a child before this happened, I was out there, poor frogs, but I was grabbing frogs, baby frogs, sticking them in my pocket, you know, <laughs> playing outside. Yeah, I, I killed many frogs. Mm, uh, <laughs> totally unintentional. But um, so I was very outgoing and wasn't shy. And then this mm. happened and my whole personality changed. Yeah, I didn't go outside that. And I never realized it. I just lived my life as I thought best. I wanted to protect myself. That mm-hmm. meant that I closeted myself inside my house. I closeted myself inside of me. And yeah. so I want to rip off that persona and go back to the 10-year-old who was adventuresome, uh, living life out loud and just embracing life. I want to have her back. That's what I'm solely integrating right now. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's Thank amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So one thing we talk a lot about on our podcast, and I know that has really resonated with our listeners, is the idea that you are not the thing that you do. You are not the person that you are to someone else. Like there is more to you that is just, I am a graphic designer. I am a waitress, you know. Um, What would you say to someone who's having trouble distinguishing who they truly are from what they are or what they've been through or who they are to someone else? My first question would be is what does their work, family, and self-care balance look like? Mm -hmm. How much time are they spending in their job? How much time are they dedicating to their family? And how much time are they spending on themselves to keep them whole and healthy? Mm -hmm. And then finding out, okay, so why are you not doing the self-care? And women, we're the worst. We don't do (laughs) self-care. We don't. And, you know, I'm right there at the front of the pack. I'm Mm -hmm. as bad as that, too. And so, you know, taking a look at that to see where they're spending their time. And then why are they spending their time there? Are they happy? Mm -hmm. And then just going and piecing it together. It's And, for example, for me, it was the expectations of the 60s and 70s was to get married and have a husband take care of you. And that's just the way it was, you know, and that is what my father wanted for me because he loved me so much. But of course, times change. Mm -hmm. And that is not how you self-actualize. Well, it wasn't for me. That's not how I was going to self-actualize myself. So it was um, taking a look at that balance and see if they are ready to face that question. And maybe Mm -hmm. they're not. And then, you know, they shut you down right there. And then it's like, okay, you know, but you've planted the seed. And at some point, they're going to start thinking about it later. It just happens. For sure. We also talk a lot about um, values and understanding your purpose and living it. And so I assume that that's also kind of part of that process of trying to figure out really kind of why you're here, like what brings you joy, what it is that you want to leave, how you want to leave your mark on the world. Absolutely. And so that is, I think once someone finds their purpose and it resonates with them, it fills their whole being. And so my belief system is that within our heart space, 
you know if something is true or not. Mm -hmm. That's where you know where there's something that is not quite right. Mm -hmm. You're doing everything else that society dictates, which is great because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, children are, don't ask to be born, so we have that responsibility. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you deny yourself mm -hmm. because you're right. the role model to those children. So if you're not filling your well to make yourself healthy, how is your daughter going to know how to do it? Yeah. And yeah, I imagine, I imagine that's also where, you know, honoring your inner child comes in, right? So absolutely. if you're not that person that your inner child can really look up to and be proud of, then they're going to be suffering. And, you know, as a result, you're going to be suffering. So I can see how all of that work really plays in together and, you know, and that, you know, fills in with self-care too. Are you taking care of that, that inner self that's so innocent and, and needs to be protected? Um, Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, going to the balance and the self-care. I look at self-care as your, your um, personal health. So it's mm -hmm. your uh, personal triad of health. So you're looking at physical you're looking at um, mental, and then you're also looking at spirit. So how are you taking yourself, care of yourself on a physical level? For most women now, that is easier to attain. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to drink the right amount of water. You're going to watch what you eat, um, that type of thing. But your mental health, how are, you gonna, how are you filling your well? You're going to the gym to achieve something physical, but how do you nurture yourself within? You know, what brings you joy and how do you feel, you know, feel that you yeah. go into nature um, and then there, the spiritual health. How do you feel yourself spiritually and whatever belief system you have, are you fulfilling it and allowing yourself to follow that spiritual path, irregardless of what the people around you, what their opinion of it is? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's so much more than um, bath bombs and <laughs> manis and petties, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, a detox bath is an amazing thing. <laughs> oh man, I'm looking forward to one tonight, I gotta tell you. <laughs> um, so you talk about, you know, this idea of an intentional living tool belt. What does intentional living mean to you and what would be in that tool belt? What is necessary for that? Intentional living means the choices that I make move me along on my path. So what I choose to do with my time is not a distraction. I'm mm -hmm. not going to sit, granted, I would love to sit down and just watch, you know, binge watch a show. Um, elementary was what I did, and I won't lie, I just watched it, and they ended the series, <laughs> so I was a little upset. But, so, you know, binge watching TV is a distraction. Mm -hmm. But if you can allocate the time for it, and you make sure that you complete the other things on your path, then that's intentional living and mm -hmm. that your overall my overall purpose is to enlighten people to what their true purpose may be or plant the seed and then help them along that process mm -hmm. and as long as i'm moving forward on that then that is intentional living um, with a variety of different things that i do for a tool belt for someone especially baby boomer because you're looking at Mm, for me, it's at least 40 years of learned behavior. Yeah. That's hard right. to shake. Mm -hmm. And so when a stressor comes in, when you lose a family member, you revert back to, okay, I have to take care of everybody. And you put yourself back on the back burner again. Mm -hmm. and that's, right. that's not healthy. 
So that is a tool belt. So on my personal tool, tool belt, I have meditation. I have positive self-talk, which is I use a recorder on my iPhone and I will self-talk issues. And sometimes I can problem solve just by that talking. Sometimes I have to tr transcribe it and read through it and then make, find help that way. Um, there is Ho'oponopono on my uh, tool belt, which is a Hawaiian mantra of, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but no. it's, it's, it's a mantra to say, I love you, or excuse me, I'm sorry, thank you, um, forgive me, and I love you, if I'm getting those correct. Mm. So now that I'm on the spot, I'm kind of shaky on it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's something that was developed with the ancient Hawaiians to help problem solve things in their family. And so it's very um, close to me on a, a cultural level mm -hmm. of knowing um, that if these things happen, that I can put that out there. You know, I'm sorry if this is that I've done something to offend. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And so that was the correct mantra. Mm. <laughs> so, so that is also on my tool belt. And then at the very end of my tool belt is anticipation of things that may go wrong because finding my purpose was pretty much 180 degrees opposite of who what I was living. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of pushback. Yeah. Let's just say pushback on to actualizing who I am. So that yeah. is the tool belt that I want to share with people. And initially it's let's sit down and find what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and find what brings you joy and how do you want to live that? And then with this change, how's your family going to react to it? And do you want these people who are in your current tribe to move with you? And so then you'll have to share with them why you're changing and see if they'll come along and understand. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, sometimes you have to end that relationship. And that's, that's really huge. So For those sure. are some of the things on the tool belt. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that experience. Um, and it sounds like, uh, for me, you know, the, the work that I've done on myself, I've had it sort of a similar experience um, in my past to yours. And that process of, of self-actualization, like so much of it is sort of building up emotional resiliency that you didn't have before, because it does get hard. You do have those moments where it gets so scary or life happens and things get overwhelming and you want to stop, you know, and you kind of revert back to your old behaviors. Um, so I'm just curious if that's, if that's something that you identify with, you know, that like as you heal and as you move forward, you have to develop these tools of resiliency because this stuff is really hard and it's really scary and it's really painful. It, that's a, a huge thing that happened to me that I share in the book. So I moved me and the, my two grandchildren that I'm raising to San Diego. Things didn't go as planned. And so I moved back. And with that move back, I was so depressed that the thought of suicide did cross my mind. Mm. And it was like, okay, I'm moving back to Washington. That's where I'm, I live. And there's family here who are going to take care of the kids so I can remove that mantle responsibility from my shoulders and give it to other people because I, you know, I couldn't find a job down there of the job that I thought I needed. And mm. I forgot to let God mother, father, God, take over and show me what my line of work should have been. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I tried to force myself into an industry that wasn't for me. And that took six months of no employment and being turned down for job after job. It was just, it was very devastating to me on an emotional level. It was like, I wasn't successful. The children were fighting. I didn't feel successful as their um, guardian. Um, Relationship with uh, my boyfriend, that tanked. And so I didn't feel worthy as a partner. Mm -hmm. So moving back to um, Washington was tucking my tail between my legs and saying, okay, I, I give up. And I'm not sure what the bulb was, but I reached out to my old doctor and he told me, get in here. And he prescribed me antidepressants. And I knew that wasn't the be all and end all, but that was a start to get Mm -hmm. me living on a surface level. And I lived on that. Yeah. I lived on that surface level for four years. Sometimes you just need a life raft. mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was depression for a year, living on the surface of what I was supposed to be doing for four years. And then everything started falling into place and the divine said, okay, you've had all these experiences. You are now, you're successful because you've implemented these steps. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to share these steps with other people. And yeah. then, then it happened. And it was, I found the author group within months. And um, do you want to hear about the manifestation portion of it? I guess. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm a big believer in manifestation, um, much like Oprah Winfrey. There's a variety of people who utilize vision boards or mm-hmm. setting intentions and manifesting just by itself. And so I found um, a class for a vision board through my church and I attended and I wrote out everything that I wanted to manifest, which was I needed a house and I wanted to write my book. And so the house was an immediate need. And so that was the thing that I focused on and worked for. So it's not just visualizing it in your head. I know there's a lot of um, conflicting information out there that you just don't sit on your butt and say, you know, woo woo, mm-hmm. please bring me this. You have yeah. to do some work. Right. And so the house was there. Then at the top was about the book mm-hmm. or about writing. And so within 19 days of putting that vision board together, I bought my house. That's amazing. Yeah. And so everything lined up the way it was supposed to. And so by the time May rolled around, we were settled into the house. And then I started looking at the writing piece. And then in May, so at the middle of, or the beginning of July is when I found the writing group. Hmm. And then after that, all the dominoes just fell into place and the book is going to be published. So it's setting your intentions out there along with monetary abundance. If the monetary abundance wasn't there, then I wouldn't have been able to publish the book the way that I have. But putting it out there and then visualizing it, making sure that it's going to happen. Yeah. So that's how it all comes together. Well, I love that piece about, you know, it is about intentional living. Once you identify those things that you want and you need and you start kind of structuring everything you do to funnel yourself that way. And that's really where you can create exactly what you want for your life. Um, I run vision board workshops and one of my favorite things is to see, you know, everyone's little, their boards and kind of what they have planned and then kind of watch them as the year unfolds and see what pieces of that is coming true for them. And it's, it's not magic. It's not, you know, anything mystic. It's something that once you set your mind to it, 
you are creating that because you're living intentionally, you're making those steps, um, and you're putting your energy towards that. I just, I love Absolutely. that. Yeah. yeah. I run vision board workshops too. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole idea is that everything starts as a thought. Yeah. And just, you know, for example, the, the um, discovery of electricity, someone had an idea that there was electricity that could be captured and that we could have within a house. And so then they put steps into action of how to get to obtain that electricity. Mm -hmm. And of course, then you have Benjamin Franklin with the, the kite and so forth and the key. Um, and I'm probably getting my history wrong, so you may get a lot of flack on your on your podcast. Oh, <laughs> so, we have a whole section. Don't add us, people. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> so it. So everybody has an idea. And if mm -hmm. you take that idea and you put your thoughts and your belief behind it, then it can manifest in your life. Yeah. Um, sometimes you, well, most times you have to be specific about it and to obtain what you need. Like for my house intention, I needed a four bedroom um, with a bathtub in the master bath because I have to have detox baths. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's one of those necessary things. But with the writing intention, it was all about my um, novel. And of course, I wrote a nonfiction book. So it's recognizing the universe has your best interest at heart and you follow those steps. And of course, then it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So this is what it's supposed to look like. Right. So absolutely. Putting That's those, beautiful. Everybody, you know, I wish everyone understood that you, you, you have that belief, mm -hmm. follow it, do something about it and don't let people stop you. Yeah. And they say, you just need to go away. Yeah. <laughs> Haters going to hate. Um, so one thing I, I was really excited to talk to you about is part of your book is about imposter syndrome. And I know as a, as an aged millennial, um, imposter syndrome is something that really affects us. Um, and I know all people, but in particular, my age group, I feel is something we talk about a lot. And there's a whole culture of inauthenticity and people feeling like they have to put their best foot forward, but not feeling like they're good enough. Um, you know, what is one small action that you think people who are feeling that imposter syndrome could take today that would help them combat that feeling? If, wow, it depends on where they're starting from. Mm -hmm. um, so if they have a base knowledge of this whole process and they believed in, you know, manifesting, you know, setting your intention and manifesting, then it would be meditation, mm -hmm. um, connecting to your higher self. And so your higher self can see down the road, I don't know, five, 10, 15 years. And this that's happening to you right now is just a blip on the map. Mm -hmm. While it's very intense and really hard to deal with, it's just that long on your entire path. Um, so meditation would be for someone who is aware of the process and then um, daily affirmations. I am worthy. I mm. am talented. I am an author. Um, putting those things out there, that positive affirmation would be something for that person. But if you're looking at someone who, what I was at the very beginning, where you're by yourself and you have this intense belief that this is not really who you are, Right. And everybody around you for decades has believed that you are the mother, the wife, and this and that. And to break that mold, that is huge and takes a lot of courage. So mm -hmm. that would be, um, I guess I would go back to meditation as well. 
and, you know, just slowly build that strength with, with the divine and then find a tribe to support you in your, and that's basically what I did come to think Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Is is find those people that are like-minded who will support you as you're, you know, fleshing out who you really are because Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by people that are telling you, okay, being an author isn't going to, is not a real job. Okay. So (laughs) you need to have a real job and then you can pursue this hobby. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would suggest. That's amazing. Thank you. That makes so much sense. Saying nice things to ourselves is the first place really we should start. And especially, you know, embarking on something that's hard or scary. I think a lot mm-hmm. of times we forget to speak nicely and <laughs> encourage ourselves. We are our harshest critic. Yeah. Sure. You know, especially when looking in the mirror, the title of the book is when you, you look in the mirror and you're expecting to see what society is throwing at you in TV commercials. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, if someone was actually Barbie, you know, back in the day, if they were a Barbie, they would be 50 foot tall, you know, (laughs) and it's just, it's unrealistic that, but you can't share that with a young, you know, adolescent girl. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is not real. Um, But you're, you're surrounded by that. And so when you look in the mirror and, you know, I'm victim to it too, I'm 59. I see the wrinkles. It's like, okay, this, that's not supposed to happen, but you know, that's what reality is. Mm-hmm. And so you have to accept it and see beyond the physical and see your worth that is inherent inside of you. And that you, and I'm not sure if you've seen the cover of my book yet, but it's mm-hmm. a lion looking at a cat and yeah. we are really that lion. We are courageous. We are warriors. We are, you know, the power we have so much power within us mm-hmm. we just need to remember that and to connect with women who support that ideal instead of who may be threatened by our mm-hmm. our strength and start to tear us down in different ways and you just need to move past those people really fast here here the yeah. same with men and it's just yeah. remember how powerful we are i love that well um where can our listeners connect with you or learn more about the work that you're doing? On my website, it's DarcyKestnerHawkins.com. Okay. And it's, uh, will you have a little tab at the bottom to show oh, yeah. it? We'll, we'll okay. add a link yeah. and we'll, they'll be able to find you through our, through our uh, episode for sure. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank I feel like I, I have a million other questions, but I, um, you know, I hope we can keep this conversation going and um, yeah, I'm really excited for your launch and to see how it goes and to see how many lives you can impact with it. Thank you very much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share about one of my passions. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and good luck with the book. Thank you very much. Wow. So that was, I really enjoyed that conversation. I feel like I could, talk about that stuff forever <laughs> and I yeah, know I talk about it a lot so yeah me too I feel like so much of what we talk about on the show and also just in our private lives yeah is, is really what this book is about I mean it was definitely speaking my language you know mm-hmm. um I'm really interested to read uh read the book itself and get more into this um intentional living tool belt I think that's mm-hmm. a really lovely way to to succinctly say, you know, you've got to get your tools in order. You have to have like your emergency kit ready, you know, and that's, I'm really bad about that. 
my self-care is, is not um, at the forefront hardly ever these days. Yeah. Well, and I think naming them gives them power and it gives you something easy to reach for whenever you're defaulting to um, not living intentionally and not taking care of yourself. So yeah, definitely excited to read that and um, learn more about her story. She's, she's a really interesting woman and she just exudes, you know, confidence and, and power. And I love, I love being around people like that. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And I love her talking about um, needing a tribe because I will say, <laughs> my tribe of women saved my life. Yeah. Like, I would not be the same person that I am without those ladies if I had not found them when I did. I mean, yeah. truly having your tribe and having those people around you that you can be your totally authentic, screwed up mm -hmm. self with zero judgment and yeah. total love and acceptance <laughs> is huge. Yeah. Especially if you're processing through abuse and trauma and, you know, trying to find your purpose and who you are. Mm-hmm. Those yeah, not small questions. No, it's not. And it is important to make sure that you surround yourself with people who do love and support you. And, uh, you know, I'm also very thankful for the people that I have in my tribe. So, mm -hmm. so shout um, out to you, ladies. You're the best. Shout out, ladies. You know who you is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm just like speechless right now. <laughs> so I know. Funny. I'm really like, I'm, I'm like, I keep going back and, and reading over this, um, the book synopsis. Like mm -hmm. I'm so intrigued by it. I can't wait to have the book actually in my hands. So if you'd like to connect with Darcy, um, you can do that at DarcyKestnerHawkins.com and we will put that link uh, in the bio. Um, and check out her book, Who Is That in the Mirror? Overcome the Imposter Inside, Discover Who You Truly Are, and Implement Habits to Maintain Your Authentic Self. And that came out yesterday, um, August 25th, 2019. So yeah, get on Amazon and grab a copy. Yeah, for sure. I think it's on like Kendall and paperback and hardback and all that stuff. So wherever you get your, your books. So cool. Go find it. Go find it. Figure it out. Figure out who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Do it right now. Report back to us. Just kidding. Okay. Um, but if you would like to report back to us, you can find us on um, Instagram at GGIT Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook in the Girl Get It Together Facebook community um, where we post. You can things. find us at our website of the same name. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We've got it covered. So if you like this <laughs> podcast, please tell a friend, please rate and review us on iTunes. That is how we get the word out. So um, thanks a lot, guys. I hope you enjoyed this and we'll connect with you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.